This is episode 95 with Nam Baldwin. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. Hey, legends. So, as you all know, we ran the Impact Journey recently. Well, a lot of you would know about it who listen to the podcast and follow us on social media. And we ran it here on the Gold Coast, and it consisted of a couple of live events and presentations. And it finished with the Impact event. So, at the event, we had Nam Baldwin. Amber Hawken and Carl Hewen all presenting in areas of their expertise. Now, Marie and I are super proud of the journey and the event, and we had great feedback from the participants. I'm just going to read a couple of short reviews for you. So someone said, I want to tell you how grateful I am to have met you guys and to do this impact journey. The seminar on the weekend was outstanding. I've done a fair few, and this would have to be one of the most beneficial five hours I have been to. Yourselves and the other guest speakers just have an unexplainable energy that just tells me that what you are all doing is fabulous. I learned so much and from doing this, I now know I am on the right path. I've told so many people about how good it was and I just walked away truly excited. I hope you do more of this in the future. Count me in. (laughs) And then someone else said, for me personally, life-changing on so many levels. As I have indicated before, I regret that I had not discovered this journey earlier. Someone else said, so emotive, challenging, powerful, educational, and fun. We all have the power to achieve. I get goosebumps reading back through those. And that's what the vibe and the energy is like when we do these events and when we have our online programs because people who put in the time and effort, they get some amazing positive change in their lives. One thing that you know that I talk a lot about on this podcast and you hear it discussed from some of the inspirational guests that challenging yourself, getting outside your comfort zone, trying new things, it's all necessary to learn, grow and develop. And that's what this impact journey and the impact event was for Marie and I as the organisers. We'd never run the impact journey before that went for a period of seven weeks. We'd never done events like this before where we bring together industry leaders and facilitating all of it. So it was a first time for us. We got outside our comfort zone. We tried new things. And another thing that you hear me speak about is having clear visions of where you're heading in life so you can make clear choices and decisions on a regular basis to help you move in the right direction. Well, Marie and I have had visions of events like this for years. We've often discussed it and we've been excited about it and visualized aspects of it. And then I guess now we've manifested it. (laughs) 
So to get such great feedback from the participants and hear about it being life-changing made it all the more gratifying. And to be honest, we knew that anyone who got involved in the journey or came to the event would gain an abundance of value from it because we understand how much value is in the content. So we're not sure how we'll run these events again, but there will definitely be versions of it as we move forward because as you heard from just a few of those reviews, there's a lot of positive change to be gained from everyone. We're also keen to keep bringing you the online opportunities because we understand that most of you listeners are spread around Australia and the world and we've had an overwhelming response from the participants from those online programs. Hence why, as I mentioned a few episodes ago, or if this is your first time listening, you're about to hear that functional medicine practitioner Carl Hewen and I are building out a program relating to gut health and the gut-brain connection that I'll be giving you more detail on in the very near future, making it sort of a one-stop place and an opportunity for you to mingle and ask questions, but also learn a lot of tools and strategies and knowledge around those areas. And I'm keen to keep delivering value to you guys in whatever ways are possible to get the reach and the impact. So stay tuned for the events and the online programs and how you can gain the most value. But currently, we still have the Mental Strength Training online program. It's still available for you to complete in your own time now. And we've actually just slashed that price to make it more available to more of you because we want this information and opportunity to go to as many people as possible. So previously we've run them in six-week increments and there's a start date and an end date and lots of interaction. We've now changed that and allowing you guys to just start so you can go online and you can just start it at a time that suits you you'll still get all the information you'll still get a lot of the pre-recorded q a's and all the bonus material and you can just start it and finish it in your own time and like i said we've slashed that price now it's significantly more affordable and significantly more cheaper it's absolute an absolute steal with how much value is in there so you can check out the new structure and read all about the value you'll get from this program at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching and there's some reviews on there from previous participants too so go on there and read those and see what resonates with you and as always just reach out if you have any questions at all and I've just today received this feedback from one of the current participants who has completed the program that is in this new structure. And they say, thank you, Robbo. I'm doing amazing and I'm so grateful for your follow-up and wanted to sincerely thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your podcasts and mental strength training have been life-altering. I'd been going through a really tough time after receiving some extremely negative feedback from certain people in our leadership group at work, which was in direct conflict with my values and the way I carry myself. These opinions came close to costing me my job, which at the time I thought would ultimately cost me everything. Doing this training and listening to your podcast has helped me build the resilience to not attach to people's opinions to lay the foundations to truly knowing my core values and living in alignment with them and to be confident in the path that I have chosen. I've realized that the things that I hold dearest, no one can take from me, 
I feel so blessed to have been able to come across your work and I look forward to embarking on the next epic stage in this journey. Wow, that's amazing feedback. This episode you're about to hear is providing you with a little bit of that extra value that we provide in our programs to give you a bit of a snapshot of what's involved in the impact journey. Because as part of the impact journey, we had each of the guest presenters, so Amber Hawken, Carl Hewan, and Nam Baldwin, they did a live Q&A online to our group, allowing each participant to ask questions directly to the presenters so we can help create clarity of how to implement the things that they learn about into their own life. This episode is the Q&A with the brilliant mind of Nam Baldwin, diving into aspects of self-leadership and, of course, breathing. Nam is a close mentor and a good friend of mine and has been a guest way back at the start of this podcast in episode number four. So if you haven't heard that one, I highly recommend that you listen to it. If you have listened to it a long time ago, I highly recommend you listen to it again. And I've shared some other snippets involving him over time on the podcast with different Q&As. Now, as a reminder, Nam Baldwin is an elite performance coach, a corporate trainer and inspirational speaker, is an emotional and physiological intelligence specialist and a breath training expert. Nam works with some of the world's best athletes and highly influential business people from all around the world. But more importantly, well, what I think is more important anyway, he also cares about and teaches impactfully to the community, to people like you and I who aren't elite athletes or billionaires, but want to learn the human behavioral elements and skills to be the best version of ourselves. Now, before we hear from Nam, I want to take a second to read an iTunes review. This one is from Deb from Australia. And she says, what an amazing young man. That's it. That's all she wrote. And she gave a five-star review. See, that's all you need to do if you want to just be short and sweet with those iTunes reviews that make a big impact in this podcasting journey. Thank you, Deb. You're an absolute legend. And I'm sure that you're an amazing young woman too. Okay, the Q&A with Nam. Let's kick it off. Now, this is just part of it, the Q&A that we had. And the first question you hear asked from one of the participants of the impact journey is talking about triggers and anchors. So the anchoring method is a super powerful tool that I teach in all my coaching, including the mental strength training online programs, if you want to do those. And of course, it was a big part of this impact journey. Now, essentially, it's a multifaceted skill that allows you to anchor into or to tap into an emotional state or an energetic condition that helps you like pride or courage or happiness or contentment or joy, whatever state it is that you learn that works well for you. So that's how we kick it off. Enjoy. Now, speaking of responsibility and personal, uh, the self-leadership aspect, there was with one of the questions, uh, it said about the triggers and anchors. And it was, if we apply an anchor to prevent a certain person who may trigger negative reactions to bother you. Mm-hmm. How do you prevent the negative energy from creeping in the next day or when trying to sleep, for example? So they've said mm-hmm. that it's from experience. So 
they said, I got fed to the wolves again this week and used the anchor method and it worked well in the moment. Now yep. it's just playing over and over in my head of how that person, the, the trigger person tried bully tactics that didn't work at the time but are eating into me later. Yeah, so, you know, you're going into a story as in it's, it's you know, your mind is repeating things as if it's a story. So a good way to, to, to stop those types of reenactments that come up, you know, because obviously it was something that was quite challenging is, is to actually do, do the, you know, the, the swoosh technique where you, you, you let that thought come, come up and then you're literally, and this may sound incredibly weird, but you're shrinking that person in your mind or the incident in your mind into the size of an ant and then visually see it disappearing into the, into the sunset, so to speak. So you're, you're playing with the recording of what your brain has recorded from that experience. You're scratching the record, if you like, by, you know, you could do something, as, and this may sound incredibly weird, but it's so, it works so well. So I've had an incident, something's gone wrong, I've triggered myself out of it, but then it comes back and repeats itself in my mind. So I sit with that. And then I might shrink the image and make it black and white. And then I might add a picture of a camel walking across the vision of within my mind. So I'm really, really messing with the imagery of what is in, in my head and going through that and adding in the most abstract things to the story that keeps repeating itself. So eventually my mind, my hippocampus just goes, what the hell is this all? Just drop it. And it, takes away the charge of the emotion. You're scratching the recording, you're scratching the memory into such an abstract form that the brain can then literally go, this is just a load of BS. <laughs> and, and then the emotional charge just dissipates. I've done this technique with people that have been just so overly anxious about walking down the aisle that they just cannot see themselves in their own wedding. They're so nervous. And I'm going, right, we need to completely change the story that you're creating in your mind by doing this technique. And it, it's worked an absolute dream on people. And when people have, you know, things like this incident taking place. So you have the capacity to do it because mm. really all it is is a story, right? It, it happened, absolutely, but now it's just a story. So change the story. And that, I've never heard of it as a swoosh technique, but I term that as turning your thoughts, your unhelpful thoughts into ridiculousness. So that whole shrinking or turning Pretty, them or melting yeah. them or something like that, yeah. Yeah. So, so as a, as a go-to vocabulary that I use for myself when these things happen is I, I have the statement, and I say it out loud sometimes, if, if I have the same experience that, that you know, everyone does. I just say out loud, okay, zero tolerance to that. Zero tolerance. There is, I'm not taking part in this story. And I, sometimes I say it out loud and people are like, whoa, what's going on? But I'm just, I'm interrupting that whole negative experience that is replaying in my mind because there's nothing I can do about it. It's done. So I don't want to relive it anymore. So I'm, I've got no zero, I've got zero tolerance to it. It's emotional hygiene. Don't let it stink. Just clean it up. 
you know, and, and it's amazing how, you know, <laughs> you look at an injury that a person has physically, how they tend to their injury, but you look at an emotional injury, a lot of people actually, you know, add to it by dwelling, reminiscing in it, you know, really dropping themselves into that experience. Wait, hang on, don't tolerate that. It's, you know, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't keep hitting your leg after you've broken it to make it worse. You, you tend to it, nurture it. So in this case, with emotional challenges like this, it's about, okay, what do I need to learn from it? First off, jot some things down. Now, do I need to keep replaying it in my mind? If the answer is no, okay, we need to now remove that recording as such. And there's two things that come to mind. So that, that question to me is for that person to then take that responsibility and utilize the fact that reflect on the things that did work and try and draw your, improve your self-esteem and, and draw your courage and confidence from that, that it worked in the moment. And that should clarify, because what I was going to ask is, how do you know, or how does someone learn to know that it is zero, zero tolerance? How do they know that that story in their head isn't true? Is it just, is it then that you, the journaling aspect that, and reading it back and realizing, okay, that is silly, but in the moment, how, how do people actually disassociate yeah. from well I, I guess the answer to that too is you know looking at what Amber said about perception you know and w when you have something like this go on and it could be anything that's that's negative you first off is to drop your ego which is tricky right but to to really just just settle for a moment just sit with this because it's usually the ego that's getting bruised when these things happen and that rears up and then you have you know, an emotion that comes with it that will either say, okay, you're not good enough or you're guilty or, oh, you know, poor me, whatever it may be. But to just to be aware of dropping your ego for a moment and go, hang on, where's the truth in this? Is this really true what I'm going through in terms of this, this memory, this experience? And nine times out of ten, the answer will be no in terms of what you're reading from it and what you're, you know, it, it's, it's very, and if, it, if the answer is yes, okay, well, what do we need to do about it? Let's not live in the past. Let's now go to the present and go, well, what are we going to do about this? And, and come up with, write some stuff down. Think of what you, you need to do to move forward. Emotions are there purely to, to assist us in, in how we operate. They're not us but they can make us feel like we are an emotion, but they're not us. They're just part of an experience that's been, you know, re-triggered because they've all been built in the past. Our emotional capacity is based on all our experiences from the past. So we just need to observe that that's what they are and then go, okay, well, do we want to keep reliving this or do we want to move on? And is it true? Mm. the reality of it is is it you know whatever it may mean to you oh, it, it means that i'm you know my life's going to end is that true no you know i'm feeling like i'm gonna just fall to pieces is that true no so you, but that can take some you know some careful questioning and management again around maybe involving someone else that you trust to talk about it and to say hey can you just keep asking me if it's true Mm. And on that question, so they were saying that it went over in the head that they were trying bully tactics. So 
this person might say, was it true that they were trying to bully me? And then their, their mind, the answer might be yes. But then okay. I sort of think of, well, if it is, then that doesn't mean that this person who asked the question should be offended by that because it can be the person who is implementing the so-called bully tactics that it could be their internal issues. And so that's what we talk about with it's hard to, we shouldn't try and change people. We should just learn how to understand ourselves and to handle yeah. our emotions much better. Sure. And, those and then stories, in those like instances, yeah, in those instances, it's, it's so good to, to have that little bit of courage and go, hey, I'm feeling like, you know, th this is really getting directed at me in, a, in, in not a very positive way. Could we just, you know, really, I'm asking you, you know, in a sense, um, I'm feeling threatened by you here. Could you reword what you're saying to me? Because this is feeling very, you know, get very clear on how it is mm. feeling in a very diplomatic way. So you give that person opportunity to then go, okay, I've been caught out here. I'm actually really trying to nail them and I shouldn't be doing that. So, you, you know, again, they're not going to go, yeah, I'm trying to bully you. They'll go, no, 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 and they'll, they'll backpedal. But to have that courage to say what it feels mm -hmm. like in front of that person, to give them some feedback, honest feedback. Hey, this is starting to feel like it's becoming a bit of threat to me. Can we, re can we talk about this in a, in a different light because it's, it's not helpful? Mm. That but profound responsibility and that open communication, it goes a yeah. long way and I feel like by avoiding that, that's how we let these kind of emotions override us. Yeah, and that will take a bit of courage obviously but when you do do that, it's amazing what you might find happens because so, you're telling the truth. And then asking if it is true as well. That's right. <laughs> mm. So Mitch did ask, this, he wrote this in uh, a little while ago while we were still talking and he said, what daily habits do you implement into your life to regulate your emotions in times where you cannot do much movement? So for example, in the workplace where our emotions may swing to negative state with people around me, what's your inner conversation for you to help yourself? And then... <laughs> I don't know. You might want to elaborate that on because then he said yeah. you just answered it. Thanks for that, Nam. And I think that might have been around the zero tolerance. Yeah, the zero interrupt. tolerance. Yeah, <laughs> just just emotional hygiene and and you know, or even saying, in my mind, I'll deal with this later. Mm. And and I'll come or I'll come back to this emotion later. But I'll say that in my mind, mm. um, or I might even jot that down in front of me, so that I can literally be the third person, if you like, that jumps in and goes, hey, n not now. We'll come back to this later or, or zero tolerance. Yeah, absolutely. And then to practice this, you know, this is the beautiful thing about what you're teaching here mm. is you, these are very, very powerful tools because, again, we are the masters of our fates. We are the captains of our souls. And, and I, I use that statement a lot because of, you know, who it's come from, um, one of my, you know, amazing heroes, if you like, Nelson Mandela. And, and it's, it's such a powerful thing to start to take action with these tools. You know, embrace them and use them. Make them yours. Make them work for you. Don't tolerate your mind being controlled by others or external influence. Don't tolerate it. You know, nothing, no one makes you feel anything unless you allow it. Now, I know that's a really tricky thing to to take on, but it's true. And, and with work, like, you know, you might be a person that trains in the gym and you train your body five times a week. How often do you train your mind? It's more important. 
right? And if, if you start to use these tools as often as you can, it's amazing. We know this. It's amazing the opportunities that pop up based on that application. And I think going back to the person who asked that question, they said they used the anchoring that they learned and it worked. And then they've yeah. gone away from that environment into that safety environment and then just let that story take over. So like yeah. you said, it's a skill and just to keep implementing the tools and to create, yeah. take those yeah. courageous steps to implement them to build that confidence. Totally. And then, and then to get clarity around, you know, what is, what is success to you in this space? You know, for me, it's peace of mind. At any point in time, I can have a moment where I go, it's time for peace of mind, peace in my mind <laughs> and practice having that experience so that in moments I can take time out. No one knows I'm doing it and I'm in, I'm in cloud nine. I'm just so centered. Nothing's infiltrating my space mentally because I've trained my mind to have mm. that experience when I want, which is it, it's hard work. It's like a, getting fit. It's not easy, right? But the more you practice and implement it, it's so powerful. What kind of environments trigger you into have to say that, that will trigger those emotions of, and you've got to say, you know, is this true or I'll come back to this later? Is it, do you, are you really aware of what environments you might step into or people that challenge you in different ways to make you say that to yourself? Yeah, oh, look, I, I guess... I don't have it often at the, anymore, but I, I, I can be, you know, be honest that going into a room with people that may have a desire to learn off me and have very high intelligence in that space, I might feel a little bit, I used to feel, not anymore, but I used to get quite threatened by that. So mm. I'll give you an example. It was when you were working at, at N-Swiss, right? I flew down, this is 12 years ago, and they asked me about this, the breathing program that I teach. And, I, and they said, oh, can you come down? Because we, we want you to train our water polo guys for the Olympics. I'm like, of course. So I flew down. And they said, oh, we've got a couple of people that want to pick your brain. Anyway, I walked into a room. And there's 12 people, mix of psychologists, professor of physiology, and in all sorts of very educated individuals, then just throwing these questions at me. And I, I got... I got really intimidated by who that was in the room and a lot of emotional stuff came up as in, holy moly, I don't think I'm good enough to be here. I don't have a PhD next to my name. I'm like, and I got compromised by the, But that was the last time because I then made a pact to myself. That's never going to happen again. I'm going to be so prepared when I go and do these things that they'll be looking at me and going, we're not educated enough. Where does this guy come from? That, that was, so it was a great thing. I used really? it as a, as, a, as a turnaround. But so an example would be, you know, that used to happen. Nowadays, yeah, it's, it's not often, I can't really recall much nowadays where I feel those things happen mm. to me. And it's is that pretty, because you've been rare. in those environments and practiced those skills? So that those yeah, courageous I think, steps I, and those yeah. uncomfortable environments? Yeah, and as you know, and I work in front of some very, you know, highly skilled people, teams like yourself, you know, and you, you've got to know your stuff. So, mm. but more to the point, you've got to know who you are, as in, you know, 
my, who, who am I to be in front of these people? I go through a little checklist before I walk in and that's quite personal, but it might be, you know, a little recall of all the things I have achieved, all the challenges I've broken through that I've written out. I'll have a quick look at that and go, yep, I'm meant to be here. And then I represent that as I walk in with posture, with breathing, with a mindset. And I've practiced that because I've had that many experiences in that space over the last 12 years, you know, sometimes four or five a week of being in front of an mm. Olympic team or a top business or whatever where you kind of get good at what you need to do. Mm. No, that Practice. makes complete sense. And yep. so what you were talking about there before with the, in your mind, I'll come back to this, either I'll come back to this emotion or I'll come back to this thought. Is that what is known as the compartmentalizing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, as long as you do come back to it. <laughs> okay, and so you come don't, back to don't it. Don't let it hang. Yeah, yeah you so to. you don't avoid it because you've got to no. face it, right? You make space for yeah. it, you feel it, you unpack it. So yeah. you, yeah, so it doesn't override you. Yeah, and, and, yeah. Mm. yeah, I always say, you know, resolve your inner conflicts, otherwise they will consume you. And does that, so one of the questions that someone said was, I'm interested in the idea of compartmentalization and the notion of showing your true self and what mm -hmm. that means to not honor your true authenticity. Mm. You'll go into self-conflict. Mm. You'll be in a tug of war against yourself. And, and I say that in a, in a feeling sense. You'll, you'll start to feel things aren't right. You know, I'm just, I just feel anxious and not myself and... So it's about trying to just sort of zero in into that and go, okay, well, what is this experience I'm feeling? Let me just, and to either write it out or, or again, share it with someone you trust. And, and, and again, you're looking for the truth. You're just trying to get down to the bottom line of, okay, what's really un, underlying all of this? And it, those conversations can be tremendous breakthroughs. Mm. But have them, you know, don't avoid them, have them. Do you, so you were saying there before that technique of is it true, is it true, is that a similar method to the, like the seven layers deep type approach of asking why, yeah. why, why? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, I, we've had this conversation before where, I, I'll give you an example, you know, quite an quite a, a, a impactful conversation. So my brother wanted to give a speech at my dad's funeral, this is recently, and he wrote it all out, but then as he'd start to talk it, he burst into tears and he goes, I, I just don't want to do this in front of people. So what we had to do is we had to, to get to the truth of what triggered, what words were triggering this emotional upset so that we could, before he went and said it in front of everyone else, we could get to the truth of what was underlying that word or that statement around my dad that kept bringing up this emotion. And it was exactly what you just said. It was, okay, so he would say something and then cry. Like, okay, stop. <laughs> just, just that word there was the trigger, right? What about that word? Tell me, what's in your mind now? What's going on? And then within a short space, well, it's, it was 10 years ago, did it, keep going. Mm. And what about that 10 years ago? And then, and then, boom, and then, and it was this, anything else? No. Oh, I feel like it's shifted. Okay, say that line again. Says it again. Looks at me, smiles. It's got, okay, that charge is got. Okay, keep going. Mm. And then another two sentences, cries again. Stop, what's that? 
So it's about trying to, you know, get to that level where you're unpacking, keep getting to the truth. How will you know? Well, you kind of feel it. Or when you repeat it out loud again, the emotional charge is no longer with the statement or the thought process. In terms of what you were just talking about then too, you're not trying to take away the significance of what has charged that emotion, but you're just teaching no. a skill to not let that emotion override you in that moment. Correct. And you're, well, you know, you're actually trying to resolve that inner conflict around that experience. Why is it creating this emotion that creates this upset? Let's get to the truth around why and what is it really compromising in your experience? Mm. And again, that, that may need some careful questions, right? That's where professionals come in. But it's a very, very powerful way of resolving these inner conflicts that we have around our identity, around circumstances or situations or events, that unless we do get to that truth, it can, it can burden you for decades. So get to the truth. Mm. What is it compromising? What is that experience now creating that is compromising your true reality of existing as a joyous, loving, grateful human being. Mm. Get the monkey off the back. But you've got to get to the truth. Tr I mean, it's corny, but the truth will set you free. It always does. That's the whole thing that probably builds up these unhelpful and these negative emotions and this internal resistance is that a lot of people want to avoid the truth because the truth hurts. And it hurts in that way of yeah. it can raise things. And what I mean by it hurts, it it can hurt in terms of it's going to cause a bit of struggle to move through it. Yeah. And people often and want to avoid that struggle, but how do we grow without pushing through it? That, exactly. You know, that's, that's where the magic happens when we're in. You only grow when you're uncomfortable, mm. but you'll change when you're in pain. So if you really want to take it to another level in terms of how you want to be and operate, get to the uncomfortable conversations and have them because they're going to really change how you then experience things. Obviously, you want to unpack them effectively. You know, you want to get to the truth and, and really get some clarity and resolve around incidents or challenges or emotional upsets. That's the, that's the determining thing to resolve that inner conflict. So once you start, you know, kind of you want to get there or have clarity around, okay, we're going we're gonna to revisit this mm. another time. It's time to now, let's, let's now move into, you know, uh, current reality. We know that that was the past that happened, but let's go back into current reality here now and continue with who we are, what we're doing, and we'll come back to this and, and take it on in three days' time or whatever. But to have that kind of communication, very clear, precise. Brilliant that responsibility again too. So we might move into the breathing questions. So one of the ones that someone has asked, if we breathe consciously and unconsciously, what sets our rhythm and rate of breathing? How Ooh. does the brain know how much air the body needs to take in and how much carbon dioxide to breathe out? <laughs> Whew, how long <laughs> we got? <laughs> well, let's, let's get to some simple facts first and, and then that might answer it effectively. Um, we have what's called a respiratory drive or a respiratory rhythm. Like we have a heartbeat, we have a 
a ventilatory drive, a breathing driving mechanism sent via our brain stem to our breathing muscles that is never going to stop until we die. So even when we hold our breath, this ventilatory drive is still occurring in the background. And that is the biggest reason why we can't hold our breath till we pass out. That ventilatory drive becomes very strong. It's constant. So as a foundation, we all have this inbuilt ventilatory drive to breathe. Now that may not be perfected very well. In other words, our breathing patterns may be sloppy and you know, not really doing their best. The second thing that's driving that is, is carbon dioxide. So the level of carbon dioxide is driving your rate of breathing. The higher it goes, the faster you'll breathe to try and eliminate that waste gas. The third thing is oxygenation, how much oxygen your brain and body requires, which will also create this ventilatory drive to speed up or slow down. So that is then kind of perfected or not perfected by you being conscious of breathing correctly or unconsciously letting it go and things like posture being compromised where now you can't use the breathing muscles very effectively, which then leads into incorrect breathing patterns and habits that then becomes, oh, I'm a chest breather and I breathe shallow. Well, it's happened based on things that you've been doing in terms of your breathing or posture that's created that pattern or habit. So the idea to assist yourself to breathe better when you're unconscious is to practice consciously. Mm. And the best time to practice is what I say is in the morning when you first wake up because you've probably had eight hours where you haven't been doing it consciously. It's unconscious, obviously, you're asleep. And when you start practice breath work first thing in the morning in the correct pattern, you're starting to change habits because breathing is the most important thing. So it's one of the easiest things to change if you practice because it's such a necessity. But it takes time. It takes time. Such a powerful tool that we all have that we can take with us everywhere that can have so many yeah. you know, emotional and hormonal shifts within us too. For sure. And it, I guess a takeaway from that little conversation is, well, what do I do then? Well, focus on you know, feeling an expansion around your kidneys, your lower rib cage, and slightly around your belly at the beginning of the in-breath before that starts to go up towards the top of your chest. So you're breathing in low first and then high. And you're feeling intradominal pressure when you first breathe in. You're building pressure in your abdominals through your breath, using your nose to breathe in, your nose to breathe out, and aligning your posture so that your shoulders are above your hips. And why do we nose breathe? Well, if we mouth breathe, we'll lose too much carbon dioxide and now we can't use oxygen very well because carbon dioxide is what releases oxygen from your red blood cells. And if you lose too much of that, your red blood cells won't release oxygen and now you're becoming deprived of oxygen through your breathing, which is really weird to understand, but that's the truth of it. And is the, the nitric oxide activation as well through the nose breathing? Yeah, so nose breathing, we've got so many nodules of nitric oxide running through the nasal area and all the way through our vascular and arterial system that when we use our nose, those get stimulated and that creates obviously dilation of capillaries, veins and arteries. And now we have a natural Viagra just by using our nose to breathe in and out. What do you mean by that? What is the, why do we want the nitric oxide 
stimulation? Purely to open up um, capillaries, arteries and veins, so there's greater blood flow and less hypertension, less stress in the body. Because when we get stressed out, we constrict. And if blood's constricted in terms of blood flow, especially to areas like your heart and brain, your, your whole system will get very stressed out. Mm. And this question, I feel like you've answered it, but I want to ask it anyway because the, the previous question might not have linked in much to people, but this one might. So it says... It's quite basic, but it revolves around breathing or breath itself being a reflex as opposed to a habit. So if someone is late 30s, early 40s, is quote unquote bad breathing, such as shallow non-rhythmic breathing that has been the norm for life essentially, a habit or a reflex and how best to change that in everyday life or more so at work. So they're asking, is this habitual? And as such, can it be improved upon or is it a reflex that can only be improved on when concentrated breathing? Yeah, so you'll need to concentrate on breathing and that coherent breathing you go through is obviously a great tool. Mm. And, and to implement it as often as you can, I always say try and piggyback things like this together with something else. So could be, you know, every time you, you wake up, you have one to three minutes of practice even rhythmic breathing. Mm. You go to the toilet, great time, practice your breathing. Just before you make a phone call, three to five breaths, just calm the system down, practice your breathing. All those little, you know, all little areas where you could identify, the person can identify, where, where can I practice? Try and piggyback it to things that you do naturally that you can then go, okay, it's time to now breathe. So every time you pick up your phone to make a phone call, practice your breathing before you make the phone call. Why do you think it's so important and so powerful and you and I teach it, you teach it at the deep levels, you teach it at surface levels like this for people. Why do you believe, what's been your experience in all your years as a coach of why people kind of dismiss it? So they might take it on board now and practice it a little bit and then just almost forget about it or just dismiss it. I think it's a, because they don't see the consequences of the good and the bad, you know, I think you know, it's why, why don't people quit smoking when they know it's so bad for them? Well, they don't actually see and feel the consequences and usually it's too, too late. So with breathing, it's the same. We do it all the time. You know, is it really going to make a difference? It's very much in the moment, which if there's nothing else that you're doing, it can be quite, you know, uneventful. <laughs> so there's no stimulus. The reward, oh, I guess I can see it. So the consequence is, is not maybe grand enough and so people don't really focus on it because there's it's not that they're going to get an instant change and wow this is incredible my life but if they kept going they probably would but i think it's lack of you know really positive feedback from doing it there's no real reward mm. as such other than they know it's true but i want to be rewarded you know so it's 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 lack of discipline and lack of reward Lack of instant reward is it? It's like a bit like the, the meditation and the mindfulness aspects where some people totally. might go into it thinking, why isn't the magic happening? I just sat and meditated. Why hasn't the magic happened? But yeah. it's those sort of those control habits that you get from it down the track and that yeah. non-reactiveness yeah. and the, the clarity yeah. that the breathing can help create and different things like that. And I guess a little quote to give everyone from that is, you know, success could be defined in many ways, but one way is, 
you know, a few simple disciplines practiced every day will mm. create success. And then what's failure? A few errors of judgment repeated every day. Mm. So a few simple disciplines practiced every day that are in alignment with a vision, you get there. You'll get there. But a few errors of judgment, <laughs> you'll also probably go the other way. So just to have that written somewhere on a wall, a few simple disciplines like breathing practiced every day will lead to a form of success. Mm-hmm. Love it. Now, um, I could talk to you for days. We could just keep going forever. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone that's on live, they've had the opportunity. There's been those couple of questions that were sent in. We've covered a lot. There was a lot of questions sent in that you covered the other day, actually, which was brilliant. So thank you again for that. And I guess one that I just wanted to finish on is I asked this to you the other day, but I just want to elaborate on it a little bit because it comes up with so many people and that's, so you taught us around we're all under the influence of different things like judgment. People are under the influence of poor focus or great focus, good sleep or poor sleep, negative self-talk. But the one around under the, the influence of either toxic people or people who lift you up. And I asked the question the other day and I'd love you to just finish on this. And I know we could dive right into it, but I think the more people hear it, the more it helps them take that responsibility and also almost allow them to maybe even confirm some thoughts they might have been having. But how do we navigate life when the toxic people who are not lifting us up are the ones that are around us the most? So could be really good friends. It can be family. It can be our work colleagues. So these are the toxic people around us that you're talking about? Yes. Yes. So it's a good time to practice what you want to, want to represent. So if I'm around a toxic person that is rude, etc., then I'll, I'll be, okay, so I'm, I'm going to be empathetic, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to be grateful, I'm going to represent the opposing toxicity. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware of it and then I'm, I'm just going to practice being what I wish to represent in that experience. So it's an opportunity for me to grow because I'm getting challenged by this toxic experience. So, okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, what, what do you want to represent in this, this moment? And it might be humor, by the way. You might go, well, it's time to crack a joke. This is just getting too toxic in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can, you know, go, go to humor or you completely change the, the, the dialogue by saying something completely abstract. To, to interrupt that toxicity. So treat it as a, as a good challenge. And then obviously be mindful of who you hang out with. You know, take that responsibility. Now, this can be very challenging for some because it could be, well, hang on, I've got someone at home that's toxic. What do I do? Well, mm. start to build into your actions what it is that you would like to represent. Again, whatever you want, give it. Yeah. Well said. Whatever you, whatever you want, give it. So this person's being really toxic. How about give them some love? Just douse them with affection, even though it might be like, I don't want to. It, just give it a go and see what you get back, you know, and, and just, just don't give up. Whatever you and want. And I guess that's it. that true authenticity too, isn't it, of being if that's who you are, don't let the, the toxic environment draw you into that. No. That, that different person. Be your true authentic self. Bring out yeah. that gratitude, that kindness, that yeah. love. 
Yes, that's mm. resilience, right? You're building on resilience here now. So we could we could talk about that for a while, but you're building mm. that capacity. Do you have the emotional capacity to take on these toxic people by potentially thinking of building an emotional bank account in your mind around things that you want to represent? Feel joy as often as you can and you're building a bank account of joy that when you come across a toxic person, you can anchor and trigger that off and go, it's time, it's time for humor or whatever. They're yours. You own them, play with them, take, you know, take control and put out what you want back. That resilience comes from those uncomfortable situations and, and continually yeah. practicing, like you said, practicing that in those yeah. situations. So look at it as an opportunity as opposed to a... Yeah. Threat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A challenge, you know. Challenge rather yeah. than a threat. Yeah. It'll Brilliant. it'll eventually come round where you'll attract the right people and, and suddenly you look around and you go, Wow, everyone's just so happy. Oh, okay. This this was meant to happen. Mm -hmm. I've been working on this for a while. Mm. And and sure enough, hmm, I'm surrounding the people surrounding myself by the people that lift me. Ah, there we go. <laughs> and that's what we got a lot of feedback actually about the event that uh, you presented at on the weekend, the impact event. And a lot of people said that it was so nice to be in a room with people, like-minded people and people talking the same talk and wanting the same growth from personal development. So mm. I think to even experience that on more often so you know what it feels like to yeah. be around the people that you want yeah. to be around. And last thing, you know, there's a law of gravity, right? There's also a law of use. So whatever you, emotions you want to feel more, use them more and they'll grow. Mm. The law of use. Start using your in, emotional intelligence to, to get and feel what you want. And the more you do, the better you'll get at that. The law of use. I can speak from experience, which is why I'm addicted to gratitude. There you go. <laughs> law, yeah, law of use. <laughs> law Simple. of use. Yeah. Now, um, thanks again for your time, mate. So, so extremely grateful that you've been a part so of the impact journey and the impact event. And, you know, some of the comments that are coming up here, people are thanking, thanking you, thanking us both. Eden said, zero tolerance, emotional hygiene, so simple, but so powerful. Yeah. Awesome. So welcome. Brilliant. It's always a pleasure, Robbo, as you know, always a pleasure. And I believe you're off to Bali soon, so you might need to go and pack your bags and spend some quality yeah, time yeah. with that wonderful partner of yours. 46 hours, in fact. Not that I'm ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy your time over there, and thanks yeah, again, awesome. legend. Magic. Cheers, Robert. Speak Cheer, soon. Everyone. Thanks, Nam. Oh, yeah. There it is, legends. Another powerful and insightful input from Nam Baldwin. Remember... It's your choice and your responsibility which emotions you use and the law of use shows that the ones you tap into more often will be the ones that you experience more often. So make sure they're the emotions that you want to experience, the helpful ones. Don't forget also that we've got the Mental Strength Training online program that's now available at a significantly reduced cost and it still contains the abundance of value, including many of the aspects that Nam discussed in this episode. So you can find out more info and sign up at yourlifeofimpact.com forward slash coaching. And if you like this episode and know other friends or family members that will benefit from it, please share it around. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life 
of impact.